أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على رسوله سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه وأزواجه وذرياته وأهل بيته ومن تبعهم بإحسان وبعد By Allah Ta'ala's fadl, we completed the first 10 days of Ramadan and with this night we start the second 10 days Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept what passed and forgive us for our shortcomings in it and give us the tawfiq to do the things of the people that He loves uh, in this Ramadan to make it to the masjid and to pray our salawat and read our Qur'an and say our adhkar and to purify our fast for Him and nobody else other than Him. So today we bathe in the barakat that come down when the awliya of Allah Ta'ala are mentioned, with the mention of Khaja Alauddin Ali Ahmed Sabir Al-Kalyari. He was a nephew, the sister's son amongst the senior khulafa of Hazrat Shaykh Fariduddin Shakar Ganj, Rahimahullah Ta'ala, who if you uh, didn't hear, inshallah, listen to the uh, majlis, not from yesterday, but from the day before. Khaja Fariduddin Shakar Ganja Rahimullah Ta'ala being the Khalifa of Khaja Qutbuddin Bakhtiyar Kaki Rahimullah, the Khalifa of Khaja Mu'inuddin Chishti from Ajmer Sharif Rahimullah Tabarak wa Ta'ala wa Qaddasallahu Asrarahum. He is the maternal nephew of Khaja Fariduddin Shakar Ganja. And this relationship is a very interesting relationship. There is uh, a nadir or a mathil to this relationship um, between the two of them, which is that of Imam Junaid to his khal, his maternal uncle, Sarriya Saqati rahimahullah ta'ala, Ibn Mughallis. Imam Junaid rahimahullah ta'ala was also the Disciple uh, in the spiritual path of his his maternal uncle, the brother of his mother, Sadiya Sakati Rahimullah Tabarak wa Taala. He was born in Kortwal in the district of Multan in the year 592. If you'll remember, Kortwal is the the jagir or the the the, the hereditary fief that was accorded to the grandfather Qadi Shuaib, uh, the grandfather of Khaja Fariduddin Shakar Ganj Rahimullah. He is a descendant of Imam al-Hasan radiallahu ta'ala anhum. His ancestral chain is as follows. Khaja al-Din, the son of Shah Ibrahim, Abdul Rahim Abdul Salam, the son of uh, Shah Saifuddin Abdul Wahhab, the son of Hazrat Shaykh uh, Ghawth al-A'zam, uh, Abdul Qadir Jailani, rahimahullah tabarak wa ta'ala. So he is a, a lineal descendant of, of, of Shah Abdul Qadir Jailani, who was a Shaykh of the Hanabila in his time. And he was also uh, uh, the, the 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 one who is widely referred to as Ghoth, Ghoth being the primal position amongst the awliya of his time. Uh, 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 and he is the one who, mashallah, revived uh, uh, so much uh, of, 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 of spirituality uh, in Baghdad, the center of the, the the Muslim world, the sacred heart and the 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 the, the Political capital and cultural capital of the Muslim world after the 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 the, the three harams. He served in the general mess or the langar khana 
the general mess meaning what? This is kind of like a South African English. General mess meaning uh, uh, um, the public kitchen. We mentioned from before that the Khanqahs used to have uh, uh, places where they would feed people. Anyone could come, Muslim, non-Muslim, rich, poor, whatever race, color, caste, creed they were, and they could find something to eat in that place. So he served as a servant in the general mess or the Langa Khan of, of, of Khaja Fariduddin for 12 years. Uh, by the way, this is something that's also important lesson first to myself and then to all, you know, all of those who listen that, that service and khidmah of other people is important. And you don't receive the wilaya of Allah Ta'ala without doing service and you don't receive a reward without doing service. If you're busy doing your own weird all the time and your own, um, you know, your own projects and your own, um, you know, service and your own, uh, uh, you know, things that you want to do, then you're only getting the good deeds for yourself. Whereas when you serve others, then all of their projects, all of their service, all of their salat, all of their la ilaha illallah and subhanallah, alhamdulillah, la ilaha illallah, allahu akbar, everyone you serve in the day, then you receive the reward for all of them. And it is a great vehicle for, for ascend, uh, uh, for ascent. And unfortunately, many people see it as beneath their dignity, and this stifles their spiritual prog- progress. People see service of other people beneath their dignity, and it stifles their pro- spiritual progress. So, uh, Khaja Alauddin Sabir made uh, khidma in the kitchen, the public kitchen of the Khanqa of Khaja Fariduddin for 12 years. And uh, trust me, it wasn't beneath his dignity, and his dignity is such that we'll never touch the feet of people like that, illa man rahima rabbuhu. Uh, and, and if we had the opportunity to touch, to touch their feet, we would have been amongst our peers today, uh, 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 people who surpassed them in their rank. It wasn't beneath his dignity to do the service of all, all and sundry, not just the pious, but the service of everybody. Uh, they didn't expect or ask for the VIP seat or the backstage pass. Rather, Nowadays you have people, if you don't give them personal lessons or a whole bunch of personal attention, they become very bitter with you. Um, they consider doing what, what the generality of the people are doing in terms of sitting in dars and listening to dars and sitting in lessons to be uh, something second class and, oh, Sheikh wouldn't have lunch with me or Sheikh wouldn't take me to this or that. And, uh, 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 you know, he's very arrogant and he doesn't have like Nabawi akhlaq or whatever, which is absolute nonsense. Um, Sheikh is not there to be your friend. Uh, Sheikh is not your friend, in fact. He's there for your islah and for your spiritual growth and for your spiritual direction and for your instruction. He's not there to be your friend. He has his own friends. He went to elementary school somewhere else. He has people he hung out with over there. He has people who he helped, you know, he helped and helped him throughout his life. He has his own wife, his kids, relatives, all of those people. He, you're not going to be his friend and he sure as heck doesn't need you as his friend. Uh, he's there for your islah. And if you're not there to take islah from them, from him, you're absolutely wasting his time. And, uh, it's feared that that, that may even be a sin that counts against you. And so the, the understanding of the, 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 the people of the past was what? Is that we're going to go listen to what Shaykh's instructions are and we're going to implement them in our islah and our rectification and our benefit and our spiritual uh, ascent is, is wrapped up in that. And we're not there to have chit chat with him or, 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 uh, you know, uh, shoot the breeze with him. Uh, like nowadays there's the expectation and they say, oh, it's good for the youth or God, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And my experience is really the people, the chit chatty sheikhs that, that, 
uh, spend their time with people. Generally, what all they end up doing is earning the people's uh, 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 earning the people's uh, um, just like uh, despicability that they they see that this person is not somebody who is occupying their time in something valuable or wise. Uh, rather, their time is something that is like a public like a public water fountain or something like that. And so they end up despising the Shaykh and, 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 and thinking of him as someone low and his time as something that's, 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 uh, you know, something that's, uh, free sabilillah, therefore all and sundry to waste. And it's not the, it's not the case at all. So not only did he serve in the langar, in the public kitchen of, uh, of, of Khaja Faridu for 12 years, in all of this time he never ate the food because of the lack of express permission. That he was sahibul amana as well. He didn't consider the masjid his own uh, personal fief like many people do uh, in positions of power and control. He didn't c- consider the, the food of the khanqa to be something that he also had the right to partake in because of lack of express permission. Rather, he would always be fasting. Finally, when Khaja Fariduddin uh, inquired from him in this regard, he said, what right does this slave have to partake in anything without the permission of Hazrat? Upon this, Hazrat Shaykh gave him the title of Sabir, the patient one. By the way, as a interesting side note that one might think a little bit silly, but is 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 relevant. The uh, 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 Sabri Nihari, uh, uh, which is a famous restaurant um, of which there in back back home, which there is a, a copy of in Divan, and I don't think that the Divan one has any relationship with the one back in the subcontinent. But who do you think it's named after? Who's the Nisba of Sabiri? Who do you think it's toward? Um, people used to make their their uh, uh, their 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 nisbas toward who toward the mashaykh because that was who their heroes were, not sports players or musicians or you know low life type people. Rather, the ahlullah, and not somebody who put a ball in a hoop for a living or somebody who you know got up and sing and da- sang and danced like uh, you know somebody who has no honor or no dignity and you know reveal their aura in front of people and sing about all sorts of like lurid type things. Um, people didn't used to respect that back in the day. This is the sign of the end of time that people like that who are essentially low lives uh, are, are are respected nowadays. At best, they have some sort of stupid human tricks type of skill like, oh, look, I can like, you know, jump really high and put a ball in a metal ring, which, uh, you know, never made anyone happy and never solved anyone's problems. And uh, it's definitely not going to help anybody in the akhirah. Um, not to say that everybody who plays basketball is going to hell, but it's just irrelevant to a person's progress or lack thereof. People used to hold as heroes who? Um, they used to hold as heroes the, the, the mashaykh. And so this is, what right does this slave have to partake of anything without the express permission of Hazrat? Upon hearing this, Hazrat Shaykh Fariduddin gave him the title of Sabir or the patient one. A khadam taking permission of Hazrat Fariduddin went to visit Shaykh Alauddin Ali Sabir. Since Shaykh Alauddin was generally in an overwhelming state of istighraq or drowning in the remembrance of Allah, he was unaware of those who came and went. Hazrat Shaykh Shamsuddin Al-Turk, who remained in attendance of Shaykh Alauddin Sabir, uh, loudly made Hazrat aware of the arrival of this khadim of his Shaykh, saying, The khadim of Hazrat Piru Murshid Fariduddin has come to bring Hazrat Salam. Uh, Shaykh Alauddin responded, How is my Shaykh? Uh, thereafter, he instructed 
uh, 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 Hazrat Shaykh Shamsuddin to honor the Khadim and he, then he again lapsed back into his state of istighraq. Thereafter, the same Khadim visited Hazrat Sultan al-Awliya Khaja uh, uh, Nizamuddin uh, in Delhi. Remember we mentioned a little bit about him. He was the other well-known Khalifa of, uh, of uh, Shaykh Fariduddin Ganshakar from amongst his Khulafa. The Khadim was honored greatly and showered with considerable hospitality and gifts. Here in his court, he saw the royal system prevailing. It was just like the court of a king. When the Khadim returned to Hazrat Fariduddin and he asked the condition of his two Khulafa, the Khadim gave glowing praise of Sultan al-Awliya Khaja Nizamuddin. Then regarding Hazrat Shaykh Alauddin, the Khadim said, he does not even speak to anyone. There is nothing by him. Hazrat Shaykh Fariduddin asked, did he say anything about me? The Khadim said, he said nothing. When Hazrat Khaja Fariduddin asked, after all, he must have said something. The Khadim responded, he only asked, how is my Shaykh? With tears in his eyes, Hazrat Khaja Fariduddin said, today he occupies such a lofty rank which no one can aspire to. It is only within his capability to have remembered me in that state. This remembrance of such a, this remembrance, despite such a state of istighraq, is because of the perfection of his love for me. It is a well-known fact that after Hazrat Shaykh Sabir's passing from this world, uh, a group of Hindus asserted their control in Kaliyar, and they turned the graveyard of Kaliyar into a center of idolatry. As they continued with their evil sacrilege, a lion appeared and killed many of them, the rest of them dispersed and abandoned that place. The attribute of Jalal or of splendor and grandeur was dominant in him. Even after his demise, a flame could be seen glittering over his grave. On account of the celestial flame, nobody had the courage to go to his grave. Once after Hazrat Shah Abdul Quddus Gangohi, ta'ala, who is a, a sheikh in the Silsila, many links down. Uh, once after Hazrat Shah Abdul Quddus Gangohi visited the grave, the flame disappeared because of Hazrat's du'as. Khaja Alauddin passed away on the 13th of Rabi'ul Awal, 690 Hijra. His grave is in the area known as Piran Kalyar. Uh, which is near Rorki in the district of Saharanpur. So there are a couple of things I wanted to mention. This is a relatively short entry, but a couple of things I wanted to mention. Um, the first of which is what? Is that out of the Mashaikh, the one that's more well known uh, uh, between the two of them, uh, Khaja Nizamuddin Awliya and Khaja Alauddin Sabir, out of the two of them, by far the one who's more well known is Khaja Nizamuddin. Um, his mazar is in a very famous place in Delhi, and there are a great number of cultural and historical uh, attestations to the grandeur of his uh, majlis, in which uh, it was described that the majlis was a, a royal setting, and that all manner of courtiers would come, and especially because of uh, 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 Khaja Amir Khusro, who was the, 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 the close and devoted attendee, a great poet and a great, uh, artist and, uh, soldier and man of letters, a Renaissance man of that time. Um, and his, uh, uh, attachment to the Sheikh, uh, uh, to the Sheikh, uh, Khaja Nizamuddin, um, that he, you know, his, his sainthood became known far and wide. 
And far be it for me to say uh, whose rank is higher and whose rank is lower. Uh, maybe people comment about those things, but really at the end of the day, only Allah Ta'ala knows best and Allah knows best. And really uh, for people like myself, it's really none of our business to comment about, about those types of things anyway. But when compare, comparing the two of them, definitely the name of Nizamuddin Awliya is more well known uh, and more celebrated uh, uh, in the history of the Indian subcontinent. But the strange thing is that the Khanqah of Deoband, um, which keeps the Chishtiya Tariqa alive in its pure and pristine form, and a form that's uh, cleansed from bid'at and that's 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 protected from, uh, 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 you know, from undesirable things that are a taint and a stain on the name of Tasawwuf and that has spread far and wide throughout the world. If nothing else, if anyone has gone to Jamaat Tabligh, um, they know that when people are going on Tabligh in its correct uh, manner, the awrad that are prescribed are actually the awrad of the Tariqa Chishtiya. And that, that doesn't mean that every Tabligh Jamaat person represents the Tariqa, but if you read the Malfuzat of, 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 of people like uh, Hazrat Sheikh Ilyas, Rahimullah Ta'ala, the founder and the Amir of Tabligh, and his son Mulana Yusuf, Mulana and Amul Hassan, Rahimullah Tabarak wa Ta'ala, you'll see that there are many of the practices of the Chishtiya Tariqa just down to the Orad and just down to, uh, um, you know, the specific zikrs that are said, um, that are, are propagated throughout the world. And so you'll have people literally from the nations of the earth that never saw the Indian subcontinent and will never see the Indian subcontinent. And you see the fuyul of, of, of these things moving around from place to place and, uh, the, the strictness and adherence to the sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. You see all of these darul looms, um, and madaris that are spread throughout the entire world. Um, all of them are transmitted through the Tariqa of not Khaja Nizamuddin, may Allah Ta'ala uh, uh, sanctify his secret and raise his rank, uh, but but by the Tariqa of Khaja Alauddin Sabir. And there's a, there's a secret in it. And the secret is this, is that uh, the faith, the, the, the divine outflowing of, of, of grace and, and of generosity from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it doesn't flow in a way that is carried by material things. The faith doesn't flow in a way that's carried by material things. So you'll see someone is very materially prosperous, but their material prosperity is not an indicator of Allah uh, loving them or of Allah Ta'ala accepting them or of Allah Ta'ala putting barakah in what they have. Rather, oftentimes it's the simplest of things in which barakah is put. Like the story about the milkmaid who refused to water down the milk and her mother chastised her, uh, uh, and said, uh, you know, she asked her, why, why don't you listen to me and water down the milk? And the girl says, because Amir al-Mu'mineen, Sayyidina Umar radiallahu anhu, he, uh, forbade it. And she said that Umar can't see you now. Little did she know Umar was actually watching what was happening. Radiallahu ta'ala anhu. She said, Umar can't see you now. But the girl said, what? Allah, Umar can't see me, but Allah can see me. 
Uh, this is a poor girl from a poor family. And, uh, uh, because of the union, Sayyidina Umar radiallahu anhu then the next morning showed up and, uh, proposed marriage for one of his sons to this, 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 uh, milkmaid's daughter. And because of that union, Sidi Umar bin Abdul Aziz was born and so much faith and so much, uh, you know, like barakah came from that for those of you who are familiar with the history. And the idea is this is that there are acts that happen that don't cost money and that don't involve show or don't involve getting like elected to, some position or don't involve like, you know, some sort of dunyawi mansib or like, you know, a plot of land or they could happen in the most insignificant of places. But because Allah Ta'ala loves that thing so much, he packs it so full of barakat. Maybe it will take generations to see, but when it opens up, you'll see that, uh, 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 you know, that there's so much blessing in just that thing. And Allah knows best, you know, there was something about uh, Khaja Alauddin Sabir that uh, despite him uh, being uh, a person who was, uh, who's less known and who spent his time in his istighraq and and, and, in uh, uh, the contemplation of the divine, Allah Ta'ala put some barakah in his silsila that that caused it to propagate uh, 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 throughout the world in this way that, uh, uh, you know, uh, whatever madhab you are, whether you're Sufi or not Sufi, whatever, chances are somebody or another from his silsila, whether they themselves know it or they don't know it. Because so many of our Darulum graduates themselves, they don't bother to learn about the names of the Mashaykh. They don't bother to learn about the names of the Oliya. It's as if they are feeding off of the gift that someone else gave them and they didn't bother to check the, you know, the card, who is this from, you know, but it's still from those people. And uh, they are themselves every time they teach kids in a maktab or they lead Salatul Taraweeh or they do their imama or they give some, uh, you know, mashallah, wonderful bayan somewhere or whatever. Um, all of these things are only made possible through the fuyud uh, and through the, the, the spiritual effluence of these mashayikh, that those things have touched and reached America and South America and, uh, you know, the, you know, the lands of the Arabs and the lands of the Persians and the lands of the Turks and, uh, et cetera, et cetera. You know, all of these different places that people have gone on, you know, Tabligh to weird like Jamaica and weird parts of South America and in China where Tabligh is banned. So they go underground and they, they, they talk to people and tell them about the deen and like all of these, you know, like the, through the Madaris, through the, the students of knowledge, uh, and through the tariqah itself, uh, all of these places, this, this faith has reached. And uh, there was something about it, uh, about this poor person who's living in Kaliar. Kaliar is uh, uh, an unknown place. It was overrun by the Hindus, as, as was mentioned in the Tabaqa. It was a place of very little significance. It's an unknown place. I myself just, uh, uh, you know, recently came to know that it's in the district of Saharanpur. Otherwise, I, I, I had no idea where it was uh, in the first place. Um, this person anonymously sitting in istighraq to the point where his own sheikh's khadim uh, didn't understand what, what what was going on with him. Uh, Khaja Fariduddin's khadim came to visit him and said, well, this guy doesn't even know what's going on around him. He has no idea what's going on around him. And But his sheikh knew. 
and said that mashallah despite the 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 rapturous state of his of his drowning in the contemplation of the divine it's only because of his love of me that he he even could remember me he said that the state that he's going that's passing over him right now is so much that if it wasn't that he truly loved me he wouldn't have been able to remember me uh, even who i am much less ask about me um, that that rapturous state of of, of the dhikr of Allah Taala uh, from it could flow so much benefit and so much khair, um, and for centuries that benefit is is, is you know uh, very local, but then one day it it spreads out and it goes throughout the entire world. Um, that's that's a big deal, and we have to understand that those types of futuhat and those types of openings and those types of victories from Allah Taala they don't happen. They don't happen through large armies, and they don't happen through large numbers, and they don't happen through uh, a, a lot of money, and they don't happen through a lot of followers or a lot of show, uh, and they don't happen through silver and gold or U.S. dollars or British pounds or euros or Canadian dollars or yen or any of these things. What do they happen? They happen through the secret of ikhlas and the secret in the heart of a believer that's between that person and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Uh, and that's very important to remember because even amongst the two khulafa, uh, um, you know, you see that 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 even though there's khair and barakah in the silsila of Khaja Nizamuddin, it's not the one that ultimately will end up uh, will end up carrying the, the the flag of this work. Rather, it's the Sheikh Alauddin Sabir through his his silsila that Allah Subhanahu wa Taala will uh, will revive so much work of Deen, so much work of Deen, and accept so much of it. May Allah Taala accept it from all of them, and may He give us the uh, the tawfiq of being uh, you know being a participant in that fail. Uh, rather than uh, uh, being people who jump into the river and then walk out bone dry, not having uh, had any of the, you know, ha- have, have, having been affected by any of it at all. The second important thing I wanted to mention is, look, if Kaliar is overrun by the Hindus, so much so to the point where they turn the graveyard in which the Mazar of the Sheikh is in, into a center of, 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 uh, of idol worship. Okay, I want you to listen to this carefully. Why? Because there are certain other things mentions of mention of miracles that people may find fantastic, like the flame over the grave, and then Shabul Qudus like made dua and it went out, or like you know a lion came and like dispersed the people. Those things, well, I, I after having traveled and seen things, I believe things like that are possible, but they're not the thing that impressed me. Even if they were true, they impressed me somewhat. Obviously, there's probably not going to be no flame on my grave, uh, uh, or no lion to like whatever defend my grave from shirk or whatever so i'm not trying to dog that either that's a that's amazing but the more amazing thing is what the more amazing thing is think about what circumstance they were in if that were all to be able to happen that he was in such a precarious state that he was in such a place that was in such a precarious state that literally hostile mushrikeen idol worshipers would overrun that place and it would revert to their control and they would be so harsh that they would uh, uh, turn the, 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 the sacred mazar of our mashaykh and our forefathers into a place of idol worship and they would profane it like that. Which meant what? 
we ourselves have this like whole thing that, oh, we're minorities. We have to survive as minorities. And because of that shortcut, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, uh, and we got to like just cop out of everything. Why? Because we're minorities. And so we need to cop out of the Sharia with, with, because we're minorities and we need to cop out of studying ilm because, you know, the people in the Muslim world will do it because we're minorities. We have to cop out of wearing hijab and out of having a beard because, you know, it's hard because we're minorities. We have to cop out of zikr because, you know, we're minorities. We have to cop out of like, eating halal because it's difficult because we're minorities, right? All of this like copping out, all of it our, our forefathers, Allah Ta'ala, have mercy on them and, and, and increase them in their rank and have mercy on us and forgive us for our, our sins. They showed that all of these things are possible to be prosecuted to superior level, to superior degree, despite being minorities. And if you think that like, you know, some crazy dude who looks like he has a, a orange cat stapled to his head uh, 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 getting up and saying dumb things on TV makes your life difficult or because some idiot from ISIS like, you know, uh, did something stupid and like uh, thought that he's going to revive the caliphate by killing 14 year old girls in Manchester or running people over with a, with a truck on a bridge in London and now everybody on the train is spitting at you and cussing you out and, and talking garbage about you and you're, you're, you're feeling insecurity from everyone around trust me nobody is going to anytime soon inshallah Allah keep us in, 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 in his protection there's no outward asbab that show that anyone anytime soon is going to trash the graves of our uh, of our forefathers and turn them into like uh, temples for idol worship the threats that are there they're 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 very meek and meager compared to the threats that our forefathers carried and you know dealing with these kind of isis uh, uh, morons aside allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give reward again and again to the people who fight them and oppose them uh you know they're they're uh you know uh, what you call their pathology is something we can talk about some other time but look at us the people who follow islam the islam of allah and his Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa and his companions, the Islam that doesn't endorse this type of nonsense. We are like pinned up against the wall and we're afraid about being minorities. Don't we remember that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa is the one who said, Man ja'alal humuma hamman wahidan hamma akhirati kafahullahu bihi humuma dunyahu aw kama qala alayhi salatu wasalam. The one who turns his worry and concern, all of his worries and concerns into one worry and one concern, the worry and the concern of his akhirah, Allah ta'ala will take care of the other worries and concerns for him because of the barakah of that act and the blessing of that act. Why can't we take this lesson that these people in the past, they lived in equally, if not more precarious times, yet, yet they took their deans so seriously and they took their uh, dhikr of Allah Ta'ala so seriously and their ta'aluk with Allah so seriously and the appointment that they have to meet Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala on the Day of Judgment, an appointment which neither we will miss nor will you uh, so seriously and they took uh, they took their ta'aluk with their elders and with their mashayikh and with their ulama so seriously and they took their ilm so seriously all of these things to the point where you see Khaja Fariduddin, his mazal and his mazars and Pakpatan out in the forest in Punjab and Khaja Alauddin is out in like this backwaters village of Kalyar in, in, in the district of Saharanpur which itself is a backwater district so it's like a backwater of a backwater and you see these mashaykh and some of them are in the city some of them are you know out in the backwaters all of them though their deen is so impeccable why? it's not because you know by the way just because you're in America or you're in the UK doesn't mean that your deen has to automatically be second rate or second class 
If you take the holy name of Allah Ta'ala with sincerity, Allah will give you the things that Allah Ta'ala gave to the people before us who took his holy name seriously. If you study the deen well, you can learn just as much knowledge as the people who are sitting in other places in Pakistan and in India and in Iraq and in Egypt and in uh, 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 Syria and in Yemen and in Mecca and Medina. You can learn all of those things just as well as them. In fact, a day may come where you're so learned that those people will celebrate you as well. The problem is if no one's going to try, it's not going to happen. If you try, it doesn't mean it's necessarily going to happen. So don't sit down and think that, okay, I'm going to go Allah, Allah, until I myself become Shah Abdul Qadir Jailani. You're kidding yourself. That's a very high, lofty maqam to reach. It's not easy. But it doesn't mean that it's impossible. A and B, uh, if you, if you, just because if you try, it's, there's no guarantee you'll make it. It doesn't negate the fact that if you don't try, there's an absolute 100% chance guarantee that you're not going to make it. So if we're behind, how are we going to catch up? Are we going to catch up by copying out of everything in our deen, uh, uh, and saying, well, we're minority and then cop out of this and cop out of that? Or are we going to catch up by being serious about our deen and working hard, if not hard, than the people before us did and attaining what they attained because they worked hard and they were sincere with Allah Ta'ala and we need to be sincere with Allah Ta'ala as well. And if the, the, the stories of the awliya don't firm, make firm your himma and your resolve and your courage inside of your heart in order to try to do something like what they did. Even if you're so humble that you say, I admit I'm not going to be able to be like them, at least to try to walk on that path rather than being totally broken inside and humiliated and suffering from such a, a colonized mind and such an inferiority complex that you're like, you know what, I'm not even going to try and this is America, it's not going to work here and those are asatirul awaleen, this, all this stuff about the wilayat and istighraq and all these things are like the tales of the ancients and I'm not even going to try, I'm not even going to try to meet these, forget about being these people, I'm not even going to try to meet these people, I'm not even going to try to love these people out of fear of what that means and what that's, how that's going to change my life and how, what that's going to be in my heart and maybe if I, uh, you know, start to love the awliya, then I'm not going to be able to watch my favorite NBA basketball team anymore or whatever these irrational fears that we have if we cannot cast those things aside how are we going to expect that our deen is going to survive or that we are going to be able to show up on the day of judgment and enter in the same ummah as these people enter or enter in the same jannah as these people enter or try to look at the maqamat that these people were looking at or that we should die with the same kalima of la ilaha illallah muhammadur rasulullah that these people died with um, and I'm not saying this like oh look see I'm in a state of istighraq or whatever and then you guys all you all should catch up with me. This is a, a reminder for all of us ourselves because we live in the same kind of like uh, 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 waswasa-based life where constantly shaitan is saying in our ears so much so that, that we ourselves have learned to repeat him that, oh, it's America, this is not practical, this is not practical, you're not going to be able to make that much zikr, you're not going to be able to live that lifestyle, no one's going to marry you, you're never going to get a job, what about politics, what about Islamophobia, what about blah, 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 so much so that people will, you know, some crazy guy who like eats brain will, a human brain and human feces will post, uh, you know, some post about Islamophobia or a Qadiani will post some post about Islamophobia or, you know, some other knucklehead who uh, has no nasib of uh, the deen of Allah or his Rasul Wasallam will post something about Islamophobia and will be like, ah, this guy's our hero. We should all be like this guy or we should be all like this sister or this woman or whatever. And it completely like pushes our, our brain to the side. And the fact of the matter is, look, the mashayikh that are described here, they lived in very, very perilous and very, very difficult times. Uh, and they lived in, in, in 
in very precarious circumstances. But however, all of them knew we're going to have to meet Allah Ta'ala one day, aren't we? And no one's going to be absent from Yom Al-Qiyamah because they're a minority or because, you know, the economy isn't good or whatever. They still understood that these are things they had to do. These are things that are priorities. And if you want to be practical, you know, there's a dollars and cents practical on a daily basis. And then there's a long-term plan practical. The long-term pra- plan practical takes priority in hierarchy over uh, the, the, the calculus of, well, how, what did the polls say today? Do people love us or we don't love us because just because we, you know, uh, bury someone in a graveyard or don't bury someone in a graveyard or, or God knows all of these other kind of, uh, uh, you know, daily mutawasil connected cycle of internet, Facebook, iPhone, Twitter, uh, 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 um, you know, controversies or fitan or whatever. So, uh, you know, the inspiration and the hujjah uh, and the proof against us is complete from our forefathers. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make them as examples for us and not as proofs against us. Allah ta'ala give us from the fuyud that he gave them. If nothing else, if you can't do anything else, if you're like, yo man, this whole istighraq thing, and all, that's like a whole lot of stuff. The least you can do is love them with your heart. The least you can do is love them with your heart and say that these are the people who, these are the people who, uh, um, who I love for the sake of Allah. If I could be like anyone, I would have been like them. If I, if I could have served anyone, I would have served them. Uh, if I could have, uh, you know, imitated anyone, I would have imitated them. And, uh, m- my learned elder brother and Sheikh Mulana, uh, uh Mulana Tamim, uh, who I consider to be the interpreter of Hazrat Tanwiz Ulum in this age, uh, in this place. Uh, he, he said this, he, he mentioned this, uh, uh, that, uh, uh, that Hazrat Tanwi Rahimullah Ta'ala said that, that the, uh, stories of the Oliya, listening to the stories of the Oliya is an elixir that treats, uh, uh, the weakness and, and cowardice of, uh, of a person who has little courage, of a weak person. So all of us are weak, all of us are people who don't have as much courage as we should. You know, let us listen to the stories of the awliya of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and let that, that medicine enter into our hearts and strengthen its resolve and strengthen its himma and its courage that, no, we, we can do something. If nothing else, even just to love the awliya of Allah ta'ala, it takes a lot of courage. It's so natural and it's so right because of the purity and the taqwa and the tahara that these people had, the purity that these people had in their, in their states. But it still takes a lot of courage to, to, to love them in a world that's telling you to just love money and love, uh, job and love car, love house, uh, and love sex and love violence and love, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, domination over other people and wiping out the competition and all this other kind of nonsense, shaitanic wasawis that have taken so, such firm root in our, in our hearts that our hearts m- mimic them even in Ramadan uh, when when the shayateen are tied up uh, they just you know kind of the song is stuck in, the, in 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 our heads and we just keep singing it brainlessly uh, Allah Taala give us the courage to to break that to break that cycle and to have and the 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 love of the awliya enter into our hearts and to to have the courage to maybe one day be able to at least try to aspire to some fraction of what they did if not all of what they did